the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russia bombs an apartment complex in Kiev. The Russians are now turning to, if you will, medieval warfare. Biden signs the omnibus spending bill. With this bill, we're going to send a message to the American people. Strong message that Democrats and Republicans actually come together and get something done. High gas prices cause a spike in gas theft. I predict that crime is going to continue to go up. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, March 16th. I'm Mike Scott. Attacks on Ukraine are escalating. Russian forces are pounding Ukrainian cities and edging closer to the capital, Kyiv. In a relentless bombardment that keeps deepening the humanitarian crisis in this war, now in its third week. The narrow diplomatic channels remain open with more talks between the two sides planned despite failures of diplomacy so far. A Russian projectile has slammed into a 15-story apartment block in Kyiv, killing at least one person. In the U.S. Senate, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says President Joe Biden is too concerned about provoking the Russians with direct assistance to Ukraine. It seems to me the president believes that any effort to help the Ukrainians is potentially provocative to the Russians. Look, the Provocations already occurred. The, the war is underway. McConnell argues Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky knows the U.S. won't enforce a no-fly zone. He already knows that the, the U.S. is not going to engage directly in Ukraine. We are not going to enforce a no-fly zone in Ukraine. But there are a lot of weapons that are extremely effective in controlling the air. Admiral James Stavridis, vice chair of the Carlisle Group, joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss the latest on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I'll give you three big takeaways at this point, um, one of which is the incompetence in the Russian ground forces. I think that surprised many of us, um, given that they've had a lot of practice, if you will, in Syria We thought they would be more competent. But if you think about it, what they've been doing in Syria is really a series of small troop engagements. This was a big, massive land event, and they just botched it. Uh, In particular, very bad logistics, bad generalship, Hugh. Um, They divided their forces, too many axes coming in, and an awful lot of conscripts, uh, considering Russia has been trying to get away from conscripts. So number one takeaway, truly uh, weak performance thus far. And I don't think it's going to get better by the Russian ground forces. Stavridis goes on to say that the bravery of Ukrainians is playing a big role in keeping Russia from overtaking the country. Number two, big takeaway, of course, is the immense heroism of the Ukrainians. 
you know, we all expected they would fight. I had them under my command in NATO days. They were partners to us in Afghanistan. I know they have good troops and high morale. Um, they have exceeded all expectations. And if you stop and think about it, they're the ones who's behind them when they turn around. They're looking at their children. They're looking at their spouses. They're looking at their parents. They're looking at their cities. So their morale is extraordinary and high, and they're attriting the Russians um, at a pretty ferocious clip. The bad news, Stavridis says, is how Russians are now turning to more brutal tactics. And then third and finally, I think we hit a pivot point over the last couple of days, and it's not a good one. Instead of trying this kind of blitzkrieg to decapitate and conquer the whole country, the Russians are now turning to, if you will, medieval warfare, surround these cities, pound them into dust. Um, They're acting more like terrorists going into mayor's offices, dragging people away with bags over their heads. Um, They are descending to a level of war that is going to prove very ugly over the coming weeks and months. So there's three big takeaways. Should Russia invade the city of Kiev? Stavridis says Ukrainians have one advantage. Urban warfare is brutal. It does favor the defenders. It can be overwhelmed, but it requires massive fires. And that, unfortunately, is where Putin will have to go if he truly wants to subdue this capital. Stavridis also points out that even if Russian President Putin does manage to take Ukraine, he may have a tough time keeping it. The expression to salt the earth comes from the Roman conquest of Carthage. Um, after conquering it and losing it a couple of times, they came back and utterly destroyed it with an intent that it would never come back again. Let's hope Putin doesn't go to that extreme. But I think there's another point to be made here, which is how difficult it's going to be for him to hold not just these cities after he's pounded them, but to hold these forests, to hold these farms, these streams across this vast country the size of Texas. Um, And he, I don't think, has the manpower, nor does he have the financial resources. You know, war is hell. It's also really expensive. In his opinion, what does he ultimately believe Putin is after? His bottom line that he's willing to accept is that slice of land that goes from Crimea up to Russia itself, runs through Mariupol, runs through the Donbass, Um, So, yes, that's an important part of this. So is there a way Vladimir Putin could de-escalate while saving face? I wouldn't say at this point it's going to be face-saving because um, the proliferation of perhaps the greatest weapon on the battlefield, and that cue is the cell phone. Um, Everything has been videoed. Everything is on the public record. Everything has been beamed across the world. Think about trying to fight World War II as one of these dictators with cell phones everywhere. And and the truth becomes a very powerful weapon. So I don't think he can save face. But I think that there is a climb down which might involve um, providing Russia some level of authority in that region. Stavridis also believes that Vladimir Putin will likely not threaten other nearby NATO territories. We have the best troops in the world, and I would argue the best Navy and Air Force as well. And that's why Putin, in the end, is not going to, my view, uh, cross a NATO border. 
The budget bill has been signed. President Biden signing a $1.5 trillion spending bill that would fund the government through September. In a moment, I'm going to sign this bipartisan uh, government funding bill. But with this bill, we're going to send a message to the American people, a strong message, that Democrats and Republicans can actually come together and get something done, right, Nance? And uh, to fulfill our most basic responsibilities, to keep the government open and running for the American people, serving the American people, investing in your communities, and investing in the American people and doing it in a fiscally responsible way. The bill also includes funding for military and humanitarian aid to Ukraine. This bill also includes historic funding, $13.6 billion, to address Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on surrounding countries. Roughly half of that number arms Ukraine and covers the cost of sending U.S. troops to other Eastern European NATO allies to assist with the refugee crisis and boost NATO forces in the area. The rest is for humanitarian aid, bolstering allies' support in the region and protecting cybersecurity needs. This bill is also going to help face our, our challenges here at home. It sends a clear message to the American people that we're investing in safety, health, and the future of America. The bill also includes several earmarks and about $730 billion in new domestic spending, a 7% increase over fiscal 2021. As part of the $1.5 trillion omnibus spending bill, the $5.9 billion fiscal 2022 legislative branch funding portion would substantially boost the office budgets of House members to pay for staff and more. The legislation provides $774 million for the members' representational allowance. That funds the House office budgets for lawmakers, including staffers' salaries. This 21% boost over the previous fiscal year marks the largest in the MRA appropriation since it was authorized in 1996. The increase in taxpayer dollars going to congressional offices comes as Americans continue to struggle under high inflation and gas prices. Meantime, Bill Haggerty, senator from Tennessee, believes that with the world in chaos, less money should go to domestic programs and more should go to bolstering American defense. Uh, what they want to do is spend, spend, spend on the domestic side, creating more social programs, more government dependency, moving us closer and closer to socialism, but not toward military readiness. When you see the situation that's unfolding in the rest of the world, as you mentioned China, you think about what's happening right now with Russia, with Iran, with uh, the, the terrorism happening around the world, we need to be moving in exactly the opposite direction, a stronger America, a stronger defense, not, not, not more socialism. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, says that Moscow has received guarantees from the U.S. on its ability to trade with Tehran as part of ongoing talks to try and salvage the Iran nuclear deal. However, Republican Senator Tom Cotton is reminding the Biden administration that any agreement the president does craft with Iran will not have a long shelf life. Barring Senate ratification of an international agreement like this, it is merely an agreement between two heads of state that a future president or a Congress at any time can overturn. And if uh, Joe Biden continues with his deeply foolish and dangerous pursuit of a much weaker Iran deal than Barack Obama had, which is saying something, 
and of course, it will be reversed in the future. Cotton's comments to the Salem Radio Network come amid reports the U.S. continues to engage Russia on reviving the Iran nuclear deal. The Arkansas senator says Democrats can't seem to walk away from what he says is a deeply flawed agreement. They have to restart this deal, no matter how bad it is, just to stick it to Donald Trump. Um, and that they view this also as a matter of a partisan legacy. The Democratic Party has now become so deeply invested in its partnership with the Ayatollahs uh, that they can't walk away from the table, no matter how bad the terms are. More and more desperate times means a felony of fuel proportions. As gas prices rise around the country, the nation is also seeing a spike in gas theft. Driver Michelle Severin says she left her Jeep with a half tank of gas, but when she got in the next day, it was empty. She believes someone stole her gas. I guess you see a Jeep, you see a big possible gas tank and an opportunity. AAA spokesperson Molly Hart notes that as gas theft is becoming more rampant across the country, drivers should leave their cars in a garage if they have one. If away from home, park in a well-lit area with high traffic. And if you're in a parking garage, park near the exit, which may also see high traffic. It's unfortunate that people would take this measure to do this, but these are the tips that you know, drivers should look out for to make sure that they're not a victim of this. Meantime, criminologists like Alex Del Carmen believe we're seeing just the tip of the iceberg of a new crime wave due to inflation. And so we begin to shift that economic reality. I predict that crime is going to continue to go up. Uh, it's going to be more serious. This week, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson met with oil and gas industry leaders to discuss his country's energy security as it looks to move away from Russian hydrocarbons following President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. At that meeting, Johnson and CEOs there discussed increased investment in the North Sea oil and gas industry and boosting the supply of domestic gas. With the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the role of energy has come into focus. Todd Staples, president of the Texas Oil and Gas Association, joined the Mark Davis show on 660 AM The Answer in Dallas discussing how important American energy independence is, not only for national security, but for the economy. The fact that we have, uh, for the last few years in this country, said that we want to end oil and gas production. We had a presidential campaign where our current president campaigned to stop drilling. Uh, his first year in his administration was to cancel pipeline projects, to halt leases on federal lands, delay uh, approvals for permits, just basically discouraging the investment and additional expansion has absolutely had a chilling effect on the on the growth and the ability of our country to ha- to 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 plan. Staples pointed out how important it is for America to become energy independent. We're very comfortable today because we fill up, we go to the gas station, and we, you know, there's always gas there. We forget about the oil embargo of the '70s. And we forget just the, 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 the tremendous amount of capital and resources that it takes to be self-sufficient. And make no mistake, energy security and national security are inextricably linked. And that's been certainly highlighted by what's going on in Ukraine today. Staples went on to highlight what the oil and gas industry needs from the Biden administration. The president 
to state that we're going to have an American energy policy. We're going to unleash American energy leadership. Last week, U.S. Secretary of Energy Granholm uh, was in Sarah Week in Houston, and she did call upon American energy producers to stabilize the market, to minimize harm to American families, and we're certainly appreciative of that. But what we need now is for the president to say we're going to have a rational energy policy for America. We can protect our environment. We can address concerns about our climate. We can be energy secure, not only for our consumers, but to so that our partners around the globe can rely upon what we can do and do best as the energy capital of the world. As a general rule, Staples argues that oil and gas production in America raise the standard of living and provide jobs. I can't imagine how weak our country would be. And I can't imagine how states like New York and California that have banned and are banning fracking can continue to look their constituents in the face and say, we're not going to build new pipelines. We're not going to uh, explore for product right underneath our feet to lower the cost of living. These are policy choices that are made in this country that are driving us. I, for one, think we have a bright future, but citizens are going to have to express their viewpoints and say, let's have this rational conversation. We can protect the environment. We can grow the economy. We don't need to export jobs for energy across the globe. Let's have them right here at home. In Russia... They will not be saying, do you want fries with that? Daybreak Insider's Jason Walker has that story. Two months after the Berlin Wall fell, another powerful symbol opened its doors in the middle of Moscow, a gleaming new McDonald's. It was the first American fast food restaurant to enter Russia. But now, McDonald's is temporarily closing all 850 of its restaurants in Russia in response to the Ukraine invasion. Some Russians say they won't miss McDonald's, adding the closure is an opportunity for a, quote, Russian food brand to enter the market. Jason Walker reporting. And finally, maybe say goodbye to falling back and springing forward as the Senate unanimously passes a bill that could keep daylight saving time permanent. Reporter Leanne Caldwell expresses the joy that a few parents must feel. I think every parent with young children would probably jump up and down at this news. As you know, their body clocks, kids' body clocks do not change very easily. In a rare showing of bipartisanship, the Senate passed that bill by unanimous consent. So the Senate just passed by unanimous consent. There was no vote, and that means all 100 senators agreed, which is also very rare in the Senate, to keep daylight savings time. This is something that is bipartisan. It has 17 co-sponsors, Republicans and Democrats. And the top Republicans in the Senate, uh, they were gaggling with reporters when this actually happened on the Senate floor. So Senator John Thune, the number two, who is responsible for counting Republican votes, had no idea this happened. And he was even shocked that it passed. But he said it's something that pretty much everyone agrees with. Now that the Senate has passed the bill, what can Americans expect to come next? 
that then goes to the House of Representatives. We have no update yet if the House is going to take up this bill. But if they do, and if it passes, then it goes to the president's desk where he could either sign it into law or veto it. But I have a feeling that if he were to veto it, that would be overruled given how popular this idea is on Capitol Hill. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.